amen, amen, amen. Good evening, everybody. Amen. This is Pastor Blessing Sharon A. Amen. With you tonight on the Thursday night wisdom call Bible study and prayer. We'll be your host tonight. Amen. And looking forward to going into a little bit deeper uh, inquiry, uh, study, exploration of the revelation of Jesus Christ, dispelling these misconceptions that are out there by man. And, you know, Guarding ourselves, girding ourselves up with some proof that we really do know God. And uh, not based on what we say, but it's based on what we know about Him. That's the proof right there. When His Word goes out of us, that proves it right there because the Word does what He sent it out there to do, whether it comes through my mouth, your mouth, or some other source. Amen. The Word is the Word. And it never comes right for until the people of God please and take care of the purpose for which He sent it. This is how we prove that we really know Him. Amen. How we effectively share what we know with others. Amen. And we're being tested by God. Amen. Uh, We were talking about seven different tests that we're taking. And right now we're still dealing with the test of letting the message, you know, remain in us. Amen. Because we're still here. We're still working on our salvation. We still got a ways to go. You know, the journey ain't over yet. It hadn't ended yet. And so to get us to the end, and, and we're going to be able, equipped to work out our own salvation with being criminal, and we have to make sure we let that message of salvation remain in us and be prepared to defend the profession and confession of our faith. So many times we can we can preach man on the mountaintop in the valley low and can't really explain to someone why we believe the way we believe. And, 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 and that's just a known fact. You know, I've asked many, many people, man, in church environments and settings, uh, you know, to explain to me how they know they saved. And it was only because they asked me how I knew I was saved. So I asked them the question right back. And I explained to them how I was saved. And most of the answers I got centered around, I've been in the church a long time. I work in the church. I do this, I do that for the church. And I've been baptized. I don't even tell you whose name they've been baptized. And they just say, I've been water baptized, you know, and I'm a good person and I do good things, and, you know. And all of these are things, man, that don't have anything to do with our salvation. These are, these are works, uh, good works, right, that come after. We're not saved by works, right? So this is why it's so good that once we get saved and understand how we got saved, who saved us, and why we got saved, and what is the mission for the, and the reason for us being saved that other people might be saved we have to be very uh, aware of everything about our salvation so that if we get a chance to explain to someone we're not just giving them a bunch of hogwash or a bunch of you know like a lot of people do just saying stuff you know making up stuff as they go but we want to let that message stay in us amen that was written to us so we might know that he, we have eternal life through Jesus, amen. He, 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 is, he is the often finisher and developer of our faith. He's the faith. And through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So we're going to explore it tonight a little bit more so that we can prove to God that we know him, prove to ourselves that we know him, and prove to others that we know him. Some folks say, well, I ain't got to prove that to nobody. Well, that you really want to be an effective witness sometimes, that you're proving it to people, you're actually proving it to God because He's going to use us to minister the salvation message to people. What can, what we can expect uh, to see uh, basically in these last days we're living in, which began after Jesus Christ was glorified, immediately it began. So we need to examine what has been happening since Jesus Christ was glorified up until today. <clears throat> I didn't say crucified because a lot of people, that's all they talk about. They don't have to talk about what happened three days afterwards. He was glorified. He rose again. And with that res- with that resurrection, we now, too, have resurrection life available to us. We can be raised spiritually, amen, because of his death, burial, and resurrection. We can be brought alive spiritually. We can move from being a natural man or a natural woman, you know, into being a spiritual being. Amen. Because God is a spirit. And he said, though that they that worship him must worship in the spirit and truth. So we have to first become a spiritual person, spiritually minded, you know, baptized in the spirit, you know, uh, being led and guided and directed by the spirit. 
don't have the spirit, then we're not, we have no claim that we belong to him. Amen. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Amen. And that's daughters included. You know. And so we need to understand that, you know, until this day, okay, some things have been happening through every generation up until this day, and they're going to continue to happen. And there are some cases where the methods have not changed. There are other cases where the methods have changed. It has expanded because people are searching for investing in other ways to get to heaven. You know, that's why you, we have 4,400 different denominations out there, meaning divisions. Okay, I'm not knocking them. They got a right to choose and be out there. We don't have to agree with them. I'm not here to condemn them or judge them. Amen. They're going to have to stand before God. I judge nothing before it's time. But I just want to go on record to let you know that we have that many divisions out there. That's, that's just good information to know. Uh, and all of it is centered around who the Savior is. You know, who, who is Jesus, the Son of God, the preeminent one, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one the only name by which men can be saved. And a lot of people get caught up in that. They feel like it's got to be another way. You know, that just can't be it. And that's the broadness of the way where many come there too, but only a few enter there in at the straight gate. You know, those who are chosen by God. And the thing is, he chose them before the foundation of the world. So that's why we can't ever judge or condemn anybody. At least we fall away ourselves and not make it in. And so... You know, uh, these, these revelations of Jesus Christ actually meaning what is revealed, what is unveiled, what are the revelations, you know, what are the warnings, what are the teachings, what advice is given in the text, what prophecies were foretold, being foretold, will be foretold and fulfilled, uh, what was foretold by the prophets of that day still valid today, some still being fulfilled today, some will be fulfilled in coming generations. Uh, what about the teaching of the apostles and prophets, foundation that was laid, that there's no greater foundation that can be laid, where Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. And we always like to bring it back to what says the scripture about all that I just said, and that's what uh, should interest us right there. With that being said, we also have to bear in mind as good as those good tidings are, as good as that good news is, as exciting as it make us, as much as it stirs us up and encourage us and feed us man and I and a man, there's also some warnings that we have to be aware of. And uh, because there are those out there who try to lead us astray, you know, and, and sometimes people may think we leading them astray. And sometimes because we're cutting it so straight, and it, it conflicts about the sheriff and, and it creates controversy to the tradition of men that they have been taught. They built their whole foundation on the tradition of men, philosophy, uh, enticing words, excellency of speech, you know, great oratory and all that stuff, you know, and all these other books and studies and things that are out there that people just get engulfed in, you know, and they think that's God, you know. But there's only one true message, amen, and that's the message of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, salvation only through him, the Messiah Christ, the anointed. And so we're warned about that, you know, that 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 and that teaching, that doctrine that leads people astray, and those who teach such things, who prophesy such things, you know, we got uh, hypocrites out there that do that stuff. We got, you know, antichrists out there that do that stuff already among us. You know, we got, you know, we got, you know, deceivers out there to do that stuff. We got liars out there. We got manipulators. We got exporters out there. We, we, you know, we have seducing spirits and enticing spirits. We have the spirits of devils out there. We have evil spirits out there. All got a voice, amen, that tries to lead people away from the truth, amen. And it's been there. That enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent is still active today. So we can't become so spiritually minded that we're not no earthly good and paying attention to what's going on around us. You know, not the flesh and blood, but the spiritual attack, being able to discern those things. Amen. Amen. And, and when that happens, you got to remember, there's no weapon formed against us going to prosper over because we stand on that solid foundation. Thousand may come one way, 10,000 the other way, but none of it will harm us because the ground we stand on is sanctified and holy. And that's where God said he's going to build his church because on that ground, he reveals the message. You know, you, you ain't going to be on holy ground and not have a holy message. Because light and darkness, ain't gonna, it, it ain't gonna, it, we won't be able to stand there. 
you know. We won't be able to. But, you know, no flesh can dwell in his presence. So I got to give up something to become something before I can stand and declare the ground I stand on is holy ground. You know, and that's just a matter of giving my life to him and becoming his and giving rid of all those old weights and sins and all those things so to set me so that we can stand in the presence of God, amen, with clean hands and a pure heart. And so this is the warning, okay? Be very aware that there are those out there, man, that want to try to lead us astray. There are voices out there, there's ministry out there that do that, amen. And I'm not going to get into the title, the name, and all that. I'm not trying to attack churches and put them down. I'm just simply uh, stating the case here, making the case here, <coughs> based on what the text is, 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 is saying to us. And so we'll be aware of those warnings. And this morning, we talked about some of those warnings. And tonight, we're going to pick up. We talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to pick up tonight. I think we left off. Uh, we went back to our main scripture uh, that says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the uh, same anointing teaches you, of all things and is truth uh, and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. So it calls the truth that, is, that we've been taught by a uh, him. And he's talking about the spirit of truth there. You know, we have the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth. Bible said when I think Christ Sharon went over that in, in the book of John chapter 14 this morning. I want to say verse 26, King James Bible. It talks about the spirit of truth that's going to come and teach us all things and bring all things back to our remembrance. You know, that we say we don't need no man to teach us anything, save the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth. You know, it's good to have people that can teach us, you know, but there's really only one true teacher that always gets it right. And that's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that God sent to us, you know, and he will show us things to come. You know, he'll reveal some things to us. Isn't that what revelations are? And so we have the Holy Spirit. Prayerfully, he have us, you know. And uh, this is what Paul was telling Timothy. He said that that good thing which was committed unto you, unto the keep by the Holy <laughs> Ghost, which dwelleth in us. And so Paul kind of like clarifies it right there. He's in us, amen. He was sent to us by the Father. And as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. That's over in the book of John, the first chapter, verses 12 of the King James Bible. So we're going to pick up tonight, amen, looking at, some more uh, scriptures, but we're going to transition from the warning of those who lead us astray, uh, those voices out there. And we're going to look at the Spirit must be seen as our teacher. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, must be seen as our teacher. And Pastor Sharon and I was having this discussion this morning because we were talking about the Holy Spirit being in us. If you're a believer and you have received him. Now, what is his role and function in us? Number one is to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Number two, it is to describe for the use of edification the gift of the Spirit. And they're not just limited to those nine. Okay, that's just the, those are the main ones. But there are many, many other gifts, okay, that you, if you look in the book of Corinthians and go through some of the studies, you, you'll see those gifts, you know. So, so, so that, that's one of his purposes, you know, and he also is there to help us, okay? As we walk in through life, he's a helper, okay? The Bible calls him a, a, a wonderful counselor, you know, a, a, you know a, a, a comforter and a counselor, one who walks alongside of us. Why is he walking alongside of us if he's in us? Because he knows that there are things, there are internal battles that you're going to fight, you're going to need some help. Paul, Paul taught us that in the book of Acts 7. 7. Things that I should do, I don't do. See, see, you got to have that inner witness. You know, the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 says, one of the functions of Pastor, we don't know how to pray as we ought to. But we have one that helps us with our infirmities. And he he, 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 you know, he does it with groaning and moaning and utterances. And he gives us these auctions, man, that cannot be uttered with words. And he, he provides a language, amen, that we can speak a new language. That we talk it directly to God. That language edifies the believer. You know, followed by signs and wonders. You know, not of us, of him, though. You know, and so he has he has many, many functions <clears throat> being inside of a believer. You know, but one of the main ones is he's there, man, to teach us 
okay, things that we don't know, things that are yet to come. In other words, he continues to teach what Jesus taught. He ain't going to bring up no new message. He ain't going to just bring up no new stuff like a lot of people. Some folks get trapped sometimes because they feel like I got to be able to have something that's going to impress the people. Not, not going to put God in remembrance of what he said, but impress the people. And there's a lot of folks out there, that's their message, trying to impress people. They want to sound authentic. They want to sound like they beat. They want to sound like they don't study the word, you know. But if the message is in you, it's the power ain't in you anyway. It's the word of God where the power is at. And it's the spirit of God in us that's all power. Mm. You know, we just that vessel that he works to, you know. Mm. We're that temple of the Holy Ghost, you know. Our job is to keep unclean things out of the temple, to be good stewards, you know. So that the Holy Spirit will be pleased to come and dwell in us, you know, so that we can't say great is he that's in us and he that's in the world. And so, you know, so he is, has to be seen as a teacher. The Holy Spirit has to be seen, must be seen. It's imperative that every spirit-filled believer, you know, know that the spirit of Christ in us is a teacher. He's our teacher. And the Bible said he would teach us all things. He's the promise of the Father, you know. You know, Emmanuel, God with us. And he teaches the same message that Jesus taught. Same message. Same message. Things that Jesus said was going to happen after his glorification, Holy Spirit reminds us of. You know. And so, you know, and so let's let's look at some scripture here to kind of bring uh, bring this out a little bit clearer. In the book of Mark, chapter 13, verse 11, the King James Bible. And I want you to keep in mind the text here is talking about the Spirit okay, must be seen as our teacher. Now, I know I teach, I share and teach, all of us teach, but it's not us, but it's the Christ in us. We have no ability to teach nothing if the Holy Ghost don't help us and speak to us. We study to show ourselves the proof that God is working we need to not be ashamed so that we can rightly divide the word of God. But when you hear us speaking, if we're speaking the word of God, it's not us, it's God giving voice to the word through us. And I'm okay with that. You know, I don't want you looking at me. I want you looking at him, the one I'm telling you about. And my word don't mean nothing. It's God's truth spoken in love without compromise okay, that keeps marching on. And when I'm gone, there'll be another generation that'll stand on the word. And so he goes on to say here in the book of Mark, chapter 13, verse 11, King James Bible. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, listen to this now. Letting us know there are going to be some times that will come, already have came, but many will come after we're gone, that are going to try to lead you and, and deliver you up for what is what for the message that's in you, for what you proclaim out of your mouth. We can expect that if it hadn't happened already, but it happened. We have proof that it has happened in other generations. And it's going on right now. There's a movement right now, man, to try to bash Christians. People are murdering Christians. They're going in churches, shooting up folks, you know, because they're trying to shut our mouth. Because the word we speak is life. And, and a lot of folks would rather death than life and let people live. They only want life secure for themselves. And to do that, they got to annihilate everybody else that's not like them, don't pray like them, okay, don't, don't worship God like them, you know. Don't believe like they believe, you know? And so we know who's the one behind all of this. The thing is people, it's some evil spirits out there that's warring against God. You know, enmity between the seed of the, of the woman and the seed of, of, of the serpent. That's what's going on. Evil clashing against good, you know? Trials and tribulations, you know, be in this world, but we got to be a good church, you know, and stay the course. And he said, you know, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up. So he letting you know right there now, some of them are leaders of the flock that's there. He, point, he, he identified where the problem is. All of it is not in leadership, but he says right there, they shall lead you and deliver you up. In other words, if, if, if I'm going to say this, that if it's a wolf in sheep clothes, when that wolf comes, the Bible says, that they would scatter and leave you unattended. You know, lay their life down for you. And I ain't calling no names. I don't need nobody, man, to, to add to the frustration. That's not that's not the focus of my message. I'm just trying to let you see what he's saying here. Okay? 
It, it goes without saying, they will lead you and deliver you up. But they're not going to stand up and fight for you and die for you. They ain't going to lay their life down for you. And I don't know about it be coming telling me, I, I will, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm not at that point right now. I mean, I've died spiritually. I've given up a lot of things. And it's the Lord, that, that would have to be the Lord actually telling me to do that. If God tell me to do that, it's done. Not some person. I'm not going to go out here and join no group, no club where they got us drinking cyanide and all that. I'm not going to get caught up in no cult and doing all crazy stuff like that. A lot of people have done that. So they thought that was a true prophet from God. They knew scripture. They let them in. I'm telling you. I, and we can we can look at Waco, Texas. We can look at a lot of this stuff. You know. And it says, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak. That's why we're doing this now. We don't have time to be trying to find my Bible then. We got to get this message and let it remain in us now for those trials and those tests and those tribulations, those temptations that is before us that haven't we haven't experienced yet. This is why we hide it in our heart now. You know. Because that's what the Holy Spirit gonna bring back to our remembrance, you know. But you ain't studying now, you need to invest in studying. He says, you know, uh, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, and neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. But it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost and the power. Got to remember that now. I have the Holy Spirit in me. He my teacher. He going to tell me what to say. He's done that so many times for me, man. I had to get familiar with his voice and know that it was him. Now, let me tell you how I knew it was him. And some people sometimes say, how do you know that was God? See, everything that God has given me when I say it was God, I don't just make up stuff and say, if he gave it to me, it's documented. If he didn't give it to me, it's not documented. That's how I know. There's always, when I say God gave me something, it's always accompanied by what's documented in the Bible. And I can go right through it and find it. And that's how I authenticate that that was from God. I know a lot of you do the same thing. We don't just make up stuff and say, God told me to say that and the Holy Spirit told me to say that. And you ain't got no documentation to back it up. That's what a hypocrite is. That's what hypocrisy is. Because we want to be known that we know something when we don't know. And it's okay not to know, but we, you know the one who can help you to know them. You got the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you all things. If it haven't come yet, the Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the thing that God withhold from those who love him. So there's coming a time that we're going to be led up and we ain't going to know what to speak. He's going to give it to us at that time. If we've been faithful to study, you know, God's word, you know, take upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He's preparing us for that time when we might be taken up. We might be arrested. You don't know. We might be brought before, you know, a council or something and have to speak. We don't have to premeditate nothing. We just keep studying the word of God. We keep hiding that word in our heart. We don't sin against God. And when that time comes, if it comes, I'm not saying it's going to come for everybody, but it might. But we need to be ready. We need to be ready to defend that gospel while we believe the way we believe. And trust the Holy Spirit to give us the wisdom, give us the knowledge, give us the revelation on what needs to be said at that time to get us through. Amen. That time. And he goes on because he is the teacher. He must be seen as the teacher. He's our helper, our counselor, our confidence. In the book of Luke, okay, that was Mark's gospel. So let's look in the book of Luke, another one of the gospels, amen, chapter 12, verse 12, the King James Bible. And it says, for the Holy Spirit, listen to this now, shall teach you in the same hour what he ought to say. So you see how the messages, man, coincide with each other? Mark is saying the same thing. He's just saying it to a different audience. Luke is saying the same thing because he's saying it to his audience. But they're basically saying the same thing. So the message is still remaining in them. See, that message is remaining in them. From the first time they got saved, first time they heard it, first time Luke learned it from Paul, heard it from Paul, first time Mark heard it from Paul and Peter as they taught it. Now that message is still in them. You know, and they're not changing it. They're not adding to it, but they have different audiences that they're ministering to. But the message is the same. They don't change the message. 
Let's go a little further now and see what John had to say in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 26, the King James Bible. Uh, we just talked about that. See, see, John, most of what he's reminding them of actually come from a firsthand encounter with the Holy Spirit. But most of what he's saying is strictly based on the Holy Spirit from a personal standpoint. You know, Luke and Mark are, are going by the message that they have been taught, and they too have the Spirit. It's a little bit different, you know, with them, but they're all talking about the same teacher. They're talking about the same one that abides in them and lives in them, the same promise, the same hope that God had given to all of his followers. You know? And so let's 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 go here what see what John said. He said, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit synonymous, whom, listen now, so he's talking about a person, he didn't say a it, he said whom, making it a person, the Father will send in my name. That's Jesus now, saying in my name. He shall teach you all things, not some things, but all things, Okay? Isn't that what we learned from the scripture back in first, the book of First John, chapter 2, verse 27? It talked about going to teach you all things that, that you have received from the beginning. Okay, talking about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Listen to this now. Whatsoever I have said unto you. That's key. All this outside learning, all this outside philosophy and knowledge and experience, it's okay. It's applicable in some situations. But nothing applies to my life and my godliness like what has been spoken from the very foundation of the world and will not change until the end of the world when God makes everything new. See, that's what counts. What the, what the Lord has said and promised is what counts. And eternal life is the most important thing he promised us. Promised us a lot of benefits. He said, forget not all my benefits that I loaded you down with every day. But the one he told John who operated in the spirit, spoke mostly about the spirit, because he was very familiar with the spirit, he talked about the promise of eternal life. You know, that spiritual promise there. Then he goes on to say in the book of John, chapter 16, just a couple of chapters over, verse 13 of King James Bible. As you can see, John just keeps on reinforcing the teaching about the Holy Spirit, which is our teacher that's in us. And so let's see how he's leading John, how the, how the Holy Spirit, how Jesus is leading John to talk about and teach about the Spirit. He says, how be it when he, there he is again, now, not a it, but he, the Spirit of truth is come he will guide you into what all truth. He ain't going to mix a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. For he shall not speak of himself. Man, when I read this right here, this blesses me. How all these guys, these, these, these fishermen, these ex-fishermen, these ex-farmers, these followers of Christ now, the ones that have received him and have received power, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, now they're witnesses, and none of them speak of themselves. Now, before, they spoke of themselves, but they were afraid. They were unlearned. They were ignorant. But see, the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. He changed what you say, changed what you think, changed. He changes everything. He makes it new, brand new. You know, any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. What did, what did Peter teach over in the book of Acts, second chapter, when they heard what Peter had to say about Jesus? He didn't talk about him. He talked about Jesus. And he told them, the one that you crucified, it was convicted in their heart. And what Peter, what must we do? And he said, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one you crucified, the one God raised from the dead, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But this is a promise unto you and to your children, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. So, see, he was speaking about future generations, you know. So, when we talk about Jesus in any in any situation, we're also speaking about future generations, what was foretold. That's why we can't change the message. 
That's why we got to let it remain in us because we're going to need it when we find ourselves in that situation where the Holy Spirit is going to give us what to say at that time. Oh, he's done that for me many a time. And I can say that for some of you because I've been around you. And the whole key to that is now, is it documented what I just said he told me to say? So, so, so Peter, you know, so John is on to something there, man. He said, but whosoever, you know, he, he says, you know, uh, he says, he will guide you into all truth and he shall not speak of himself. But whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. Now, remember that, that whom he hear, okay, whom he shall hear. Okay, he shall hear. Remember now, we don't have to take no premeditated thought for tomorrow. He will give us what to say at that time, the Holy Spirit. And we've received him, and we know he's in us. See, John had to do it, so do we. Over in the book of Acts, chapter uh, 1, verse 2, the King James Bible. So let's continue now to delve into this here. Paul making a case here now. With the, with the Gentiles. This is the new church people. These are the new Gentiles. Remember, first the Jews, you know, they had Peter, they had Luke, they had Mark, they had Matthew, you know, and mixed in were some Gentiles and some other other denominations. But all them audiences were different, but the message was the same thing. It was the universal message. First, it had been preached to the Jews who required signs and wonders. They did give them signs and wonders. Now, Paul is now picking it up and he's teaching it to the Gentiles. You know, so let's see what he said. He says, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he thought, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Okay? So initially now, on the day of Pentecost, all those 12 chosen apostles were dead. And they are the original ones who spoke in tongues. Now, what tongues did they speak in? Let's be clear about this. Cloven tongues of fire. You had thousands of people from around the world at that time that came to that city for that, that Passover celebration. So you had all these various dialogues and dialects and tongues and whatnot. And what was so amazing is after they spoke, the people responded and said, we heard them speaking in our language, our tongue. How can this be? Now, you got to understand, let's put it in context. The Jews always required a sign before they believed, and that was a sign to them. They hear these men speaking in their language, their native tongue. Now, that was probably, I'm not going to say it would never happen again like that, but there are new tongues that we speak in when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's not that same tongue. That was for a sign to those apostles who required it. They were all Jews. One of them was a, was a, a Gentile. Most of those people who came there were Jews. Are they the ones who looked forward to coming there for the Passover? Remember now, after this, the, the, because of the rejection, the Gentiles now are going to have the gospel preached to them. This is what Paul is talking about. You know? And a lot of Cornelius already from Peter's teaching in the midst of all them Jews that were there, heard them, the Gentile for the first time, speaking a new tongue. It wasn't the same as on the day of Pentecost, but it was a new tongue signifying that they had received the Holy Ghost. And they went on and got baptized in Jesus' name. And when everybody saw that and heard that, now Peter didn't go back to where he was at upon the roof, man, putting shingles up there and praying. He kept right on going on down to Joppa, on to all these other places. If you continue to read in the book of Acts, you will see, man, that he went to one place, 3,000 souls got saved. Went to another place, 5,000. Went to another place, 10,000. Why? He was he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He couldn't go back. He seen the power of the Holy Ghost following the Gentiles, and it was right after that, Paul picked it up when, when he saw what Peter was doing. And so Paul, that's when Paul got his, got his, you know, it, it, he got ignited. He couldn't deny that power. And Paul went right on and took that message and that teacher, man, and taught it to the Gentiles. 
Okay? This is what he's saying. Until that day when he was taken up after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. What about, remember the ones he told you, go back up into the upper room, go stand out here gazing, and you see him ascending, you're going to see him descending. Just go back up into the upper room. Okay, gave him commandments. Go back up into the upper room. Under 20 of those apostles, there were females in the group too. And stay there and tarry and pray for 10 days until you're being due with power from all high. And they did exactly that. And the power of God came on them. And yes, they spoke in tongues. Yes, they got baptized. Yes, they got ignited. Yes, they received, man, a, a, a brand new uh, life in, in the spirit, by the spirit, of the spirit. It came out filled, sealed, and healed, walking in the victory, going out blazing the trail with signs and wonders and miracles following them. And that's how they were able to prove to the people now that they knew God. That's how they were able to pass the test that the message had remained in them. But that's what they went around teaching. They didn't go creating stuff, inventing nothing. The Holy Spirit gave it to them everywhere they went. The Holy Spirit quickened them. The Holy Spirit told them what to say. He brought back to their remembrance. That's what Peter was doing when he preached. He just simply told them what had happened. Jesus is the one that y'all crucified. And he told them about it. And it convicted them. He didn't create no new message to try to, you know, minister to itching ears. He just preached the gospel. Why? Because the teacher, the Holy Spirit, was in Peter. was in Paul. He was in those apostles. They had been endued with power from on how to be a witness. All over the place. To so their family, their friends, wherever they went. Let's go a little further. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 of the King James Bible, now Paul is going to the Corinthian church. He done, he, 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 he's in the church in, in Ephesus and Antioch and doing some work. Now he's moving on. He's probably been summoned and called to come to this church because they probably was abusing the gift of the Spirit. You know, they probably use it to keep people down and make people feel insignificant. And, you know, I speak in tongues and I can interpret and I can lay hands. I can do all of this. And Paul comes up in there. Let's see what Paul says right here. Uh, he says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And so Paul is, you know, he's ministering and he's saying, hey, it runs a little bit deeper then you playing church. You're trying to look good. You're trying to sound good, sound deep. None of these things Paul was saying has been revealed by God. I know because I'm baptized in the spirit. Paul's like, I can discern when it's real. I can discern when it's genuine. Because it's got to be documented somewhere. It's got to have been foretold somewhere. You can't just go out here and make this stuff up and not be able to trace it back to what's written in the scripture. Got to have some foundation, substance. But that's where the anointing is at. Wow, that's the power, you know. The anointing is on God's spoken word. And once you speak it out of a vessel of the spirit with the Holy Ghost, now it becomes living word, you know. That's why he said the words we speak are spirit and life. Living word, power sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's impenetrable. It's cutting, you know, penetrating two-edged sword. Divide between the soul, the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And it's a discern of the thoughts and intent of the heart of man. That's why they had such a hard time when Peter began to preach to them under the power of the Holy Ghost. It pricked their heart. It penetrated. It was powerful. Why? It was the message. It was the gospel that had remained in him from the time he had received it. Remember what he said? They said, we forbid you to speak in this name. And he said, look, all I know is it's better to obey God than to obey man. Mm -hmm. I am not going to shut up about this message. I'm going to speak what he gives me. And he goes on to say here in the book of First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, the King James Bible, which thing also, we speak, talking about all the apostles now, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's the key right there. 
we sometimes try to compare spiritual things with natural things or natural things with spiritual things and call it God mm. or from God. Mm-hmm. You know, all spiritual things from God will come to pass. None of the natural things from man gives you any guarantee that's going to come to pass. Mm-hmm. But see, anything God said, he said, I'll make it good. I'm not a man that I should not it. I'm faithful who promised. And if I said it, I'm going to do it just for my glory, just because I can, because nobody else can. The things that come from the spirit are not possible with man. They're impossible with man, but everything God says is possible with God. Mm-hmm. Only with him. All these folks running around and talking about they got power to do this and power to do that. It might have some kind of power, but it don't come from God because God is the only power. And if God is in us, that's all the power we need. He's the power. He's the source of the power. Without him, we don't have no power. We're powerless. That's why he say, great is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's why he say, now in him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask to think of him. According to the power of God that works in us, He's talking about that do them with power, His Spirit brings. And after that, we receive the Holy Ghost. We shall receive power to be a witness unto Him first, and to all Judea. Why I got to prove to Him that I know Him. So my first witness has got to be to Him. Then everybody else, and the last ones are to the uttermost parts of the world. We can't skip our family. Some of us are ashamed to let them, let them know we speak in tongues. Let them know hear us speak in tongues. They might put us down and think we're crazy. I'm not telling you to go out there and speak in tongues just for that reason. But there should not be any shame. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But it is the power of God and salvation for all who shall believe. But how can they believe the stuff they hear? So they might hear you or me or speak in tongues. I would rather just give them the message so they can understand it. But you got to remember, it's not I that speak. It's not you and I that speak. He just told us. He would give us what to say. And if he wants to give it to us in spiritual language, then so be it. If he want to give it to us in, in English, so be it. I've spoken in tongues before when I was baptizing someone, and they understood what I said, and they, was, they spoke Portuguese and, and, and Spanish. And they said the message I spoke in tongues when the husband got baptized and came up speaking in tongues, they understood what I said in their language. I was like, wow. Sometimes you don't know. You know, when God gives you something, prompts you, that option comes, you just go forward with it. You know, let God get the glory. You know. So here we go. We're going we're gonna to get ready to wrap it up here. Uh, we're in the book of Ephesians right now, chapter 3, verse 5, the King James Bible. And it says, uh, which is, he said, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto uh, his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Okay, so that was the transition right there, okay? From that law to the, de- the spiritual dispensation of grace. Don't get me wrong, the Spirit came on them, but he did not live in them. And now in this spiritual dispensation, the Spirit of God will come and live in us, and he will be alongside of us, and he will be with us. He'll dwell with us. He'll live inside of us. Okay? Just like he did with with, with that dispensation right there, with Paul's dispensation, the apostle's dispensation. This is the dispensation of grace. This is who we are now. This is the age we're living in right now. The age we're living in right now is an age, a spiritual age, and an age of knowledge, an age of learning. Why? It's because he just told us a minute ago there are some things coming that we're going to need the Spirit to tell us what to say during that time. So this is the age where we're learning. This is the age of the Spirit who were in us teaching us. We reading, we studying it. We don't know what we read and studying without the Holy Ghost. He's the one that prompts us to, you know, to, 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 to dig a little deeper, take it a little bit more serious, go study some more, read it a few times, till you get the revelation. 
And if you sincere, he'll be serious too. And he's trying to keep these mysteries. He's trying to reveal them to us. Okay, let's go. I got I got two more scriptures and we're going to eat. Uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 8, the King James Bible says this. Okay. The Holy Ghost this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. So here's Paul looking back, okay, when they had like the ark and they had like the tent Moses them and, you know, the presence of God was there. The spirit of God was there all the way back. You can go back as far as you want to. There's never been a time that the presence of God was not there. But nothing like in this new dispensation. Because they served God and did miracles and did things by faith based on a promise. They were heirs to the promise. Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was there, but it wasn't in them. It came on some of them for certain purposes. And we love, you know, when we go to the book of Hebrews 11 chapter, look at that, 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 that list of faith heroes. The things they did without the promise. The things we are doing now, called to do, taught to do, is by the promise. Because he's the spirit that lives in us, that teaches us, and brings things back to our remembrance. They didn't have that. But they still had God with them. They still had the presence of God with them. You know, and they went across the desert, you know, that, that cloud by day, that pillar fire by night. They had the ark, you know, presence of God. They had the tent, the tabernacle built to the specification that God told them to build where they worshiped God and met with God. So they had all of that. But that wasn't enough for them. Well, they abused it. And people died for abusing. And there are those that are going to be shut down for abusing right now. The Bible says, don't bless the Holy Spirit. He will not forgive you. Come on. Be careful what you say about him. How you relate to him. Because in the last days, that's what's going to be giving us what to say. Now, this is what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit means. It means that when the Holy Spirit in these days we're living in give you what to say and you refuse to say it because you're scared what they're going to do to you, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Not saying what he gives you to say. What else are you going to say? If it's not what he told you to say and you say something else to try to save faith, that's what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. Saying something else instead of saying what he gives you to say. When he done told us at that time, don't take no thought, I'm going to tell you what to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because of fear, because what they're going to do to you in the threat. You know. Remember Peter? Peter denied him three times. Thank God that he prayed for Peter. He said, if Satan is at the door to sift you like me, but I pray for you, Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter denied him just like he said before the cock crossed Christ. All of us are going to have that experience. Remember what we're trying to do here. Prove that we know him. Remember the test that we're going to have to take by letting the gospel message stay in us. Why? That's what the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to our remembrance and quicken us. The word of God. He's going to just make up some stuff and tell you, say this right here. He's going to make sure what you say is documented. It's what you have hidden in your heart. It's what you have studied to show yourself a proof of God. Okay, and the last scripture is in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 7 of the King James Bible. And it says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, and that's, that's the big Spirit, the God Spirit, the Holy Spirit, saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of of the paradise of God. So that's our reward for doing it God's way, as we like to say. Seeking first God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things, man, is the spiritual way. It's the pleasing way. It's the pleasant way. It's the way that pleases God because we're acknowledging his spirit and we're being led and guided and directed and taught by his spirit, which is who he left with us to be a helper and a comfort, a paraclete to walk alongside of us and make sure that we get it right. 
We might make some mistakes, but eventually by the time we get to the end, we would have figured it out. We would have gotten it right. Why? It's because he who begun the good work in us is going to continue to perform it until the day he returns. So we got to help her. We got to help. We got to help. That's why he prayed that the word would sanctify the people of God, his people, the ones that God had given to him, we're given to him, and he wants the word to sanctify us just like he prayed for the disciples. We're, we're part of that discipleship right now, that army, that end time army. And he wants that word to sanctify us because that word is true. Consecrate us, separate us, purify us. I ain't never talked like this here before I got saved. Act like this, care like this, love like this, in love like this, knowing what I know like this. It's a good life. And I still got a lot to learn. We still got a lot to learn. Amen. So we're going to end there. Same scripture we started with in the book of First uh, John, chapter 2, verse 27, the King James Bible. It says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. And so, Father, we thank you tonight. We praise you tonight for the word. We thank you tonight that we understand that the Holy Spirit, Lord God, the promise of the Father is to be in us as a teacher. And we receive you tonight, Holy Spirit, as our teacher, as our guide and our director, as the spirit of truth, as the anointed one that is within us that destroys every yoke that stands in the way. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for enlightening us tonight and revealing to us that we must not premeditate when we go out what we're going to say, but if we acknowledge you, you would give us what to say in that situation at that time, that we not blaspheme you. And we'll be uh, emboldened by your strength and power to be able to say exactly what you gave us to say. And we pray that the words that come out of our mouth is the word of God and that it is documented in the scripture and can be proven by what is written. We thank and praise you now for teaching us and giving us the tongue of the learned that when we speak, we're speaking only the truth and love without compromise because we have studied your word and hidden it in our hearts. That when the time comes out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouth will speak forth those truths, those revelations, those teachings, those revealing, those warnings those confessions, that message, the commandments of God. And so, Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor tonight for all that we have learned and all that have been revealed. We thank you for it. Now, seal it in us tonight and let us prepare to use it as we go forth as our prayer tonight. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen and amen.